0: Good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Early Birds Podcast. And today, we have a reoccurring guest, a good friend of mine, uh, real estate agent savant, social media savant, Eric Sir, How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Thank you for, for popping on today. So uh, look, we're going to change it up on, on this episode. Um, you know, we've been getting a lot more traction when we've been talking more about just like life and mental health and what it's like being a business owner and then just real talk, the, the economy right now so Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna get us going and, and just get this thing right off here so walk me through the last year and a half and how difficult it has been to stay focused with the way the economy has been because listen there's opportunity but it's been hurting a little bit yeah
1: so i mean it's kind of like um 2021 almost kind of felt like how a lot of these young probably pro athletes feel when they get their first big check where it's like money's coming from everywhere It's endless. Like you can spend, 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 and it just keeps replenishing over and over again. And then in 2022, it stopped. Like not, not, not not right away, but like probably around April, May things just really died down, you know? And I think part of that was probably on my end, at least a little bit of burnout, mental Mm -hmm. burnout, physical burnout, everything along those lines. But what it really pivoted for me is that it made me like dive into my finances really really deep and start to say like what do i need to be spending money on what do i need why do i need to be saving here and there and there and it really started to shift the way i look at money and shift the way i look at my finances in a lot of ways because it showed me that like this market's very unpredictable things could crash tomorrow you know we don't know you know something crazy could happen in the world that causes the real estate market to just totally plummet and we have two years of like nothingness And so the last, I'd say year and a half or year or so, it's been really slow. Things have picked up a little bit more this year, at least personally. I know everybody's down 30, 40, 50% for the most part right now, as far as the people I speak with on a regular basis. So it's really just led to kind of like this pivot in, in mindset, both along the lines of like expectations. Like if you have the same expectations for your goals this year that you had last year and the year before you're gonna be disappointed. That's just the way it is. But if you set different goals outside of just the volume goals and the monetary goals and rather set goals that you know, you're know you setting yourself up for the future from two years from now, three years from now, that's where you're gonna to start to see big wins. And then next year when things you know open back up a little bit more and there's more inventory, hopefully, you'll start to see your business explode and take off.
0: You know what's crazy about that, too? Obviously, this perspective that you have, I know it's not what you have had, even the last year and a half. You know, we've been talking about it. Obviously, you and I have a good relationship, mm-hmm. but your your mental health. And now, the last three, four months, I feel like you're finally back into that groove and getting out of that that rut you were in. But what was that like with that depression, the bad eating, the unhealthiness? Like, how did that really impact you? And then what made you kind of go, okay, this is, this is enough. Like, I'm Eric Wright. Okay, I need to be great at what I do and people need to see me excel at what I do. I got to stop feeling sorry for myself. When did that change happen? How did you even get into that mix?
1: Yeah. So a big, big piece of it for me and what I'm realizing now, at least I didn't understand it at the time, like really the last two, two, three years is a lot of it was predicated on like my physical well-being, my physical health where I was eating like garbage. I wasn't working out. I maybe went to the gym 10 times last year, yeah. you know, which isn't me. Like I was played college baseball. I've always been like reasonably fit. Like I've never been like jacked or anything like that, you know, like John Haddad in <laughs> 2008. But <clears throat> I mean, I've always been in good enough shape where like, I felt good. I woke up with energy every day and I got, I fell into this rut. Like as soon as COVID hit, where it's just like eating a garbage. I wasn't I had no natural energy. I had to take Adderall, drink a ton of coffee every single day, just to like feel enough energy to get anything done, even like responding to emails. And I watched this documentary last year called Stutz with, uh, mm. about Jonah Hill. Yep. And I've, I've been referencing this a lot in these podcasts. I was on another podcast last night too. And I was talking about, um, basically about like mental health and this like midlife crisis. I went through the last couple of years, right. Where I was just like, felt like I lacked purpose, didn't know what direction I wanted to go. I was like, am I, do I even want to do real estate? Like, like, am I in the right spot right now? Am I really making a difference in people's lives? Am I really like making an impact where I'm going to be happy in 50 years when I'm on my deathbed? And like the answer was, was kind of ambiguous in a way it was like, sure. I've done some cool things, but at the end of the day, no, I'm not happy with where I'm at right now. And in watching this documentary, one of the biggest things I took from it was at the very beginning when he said. Whenever somebody comes into me for the first time, I have to give them something actionable where they can see an immediate result of some sort. And most therapists, like I've done therapy a couple of times uh, during like the COVID era and I I hated it. I was like, this guy talks too slow. Like he's just asking me, he's not even really asking me questions. Like, like, what am I getting out of this? And I stopped. Right. Whereas this guy, he was like 80% of your mental health issues can be solved by finding a resolution for your physical health problems. Being healthier, losing weight, like, and Jonah Hill was like, wow, that's mind blowing because I always looked at physical health as more of an appearance and aesthetic thing. Like my mom always said, like, get healthier, Jonah, because she wanted him to look better. But in reality, your physical health has such a huge impact on your mental health. And so getting into a better routine now of eating better and working out consistently and like doing these things that I know are going to feed into like my personal well-being and then if when I'm healthy and I wake up with energy every day and I'm happy, if I'm on every day, Oh my God, the things that I would be able to accomplish are insane. But like, I've only been productive maybe one to two days a week Mm. for the last two years. And I've still been able to do some cool things, but like, it just, I, I just think about like if I had seven days in a week, every single week, it would be wild. And like, I see you doing the same thing. Like, like what's helped you kind of get back into that, like that groove of like working out at 4am, you know, eating better, like all these things. Like you've probably lost 15, 20 pounds since, you know, we started talking about this stuff. You, me and Rami were going to do that prolon challenge like two years ago. You know, I don't I still think it's sitting in my drawer, (laughs) (laughs) but like what helped you kind of get back into that group too? Cause like, I know for me, I had like a turning point seeing that documentary and just like how I felt. And now I feel a million times better, but like, I know it's different for everybody. Are there things that like helped you kind of get
0: through that? Yeah. Um, The biggest thing that I believe helps anybody is perspective. And you have to be willing to want to make change. And you have to be really honest with yourself about who you are as a human being. I have a idea of who I want to be as, as a man, uh, as a human. And for me to get to that goal, I had to make sacrifices that I previously wasn't willing to make. But now my thought process is so, so damn different because, listen, I want greatness so bad. You have no idea. Like, it's a fire I can't even explain to people. Like, when I wake up, I'm ready to destroy my day now. And the reason that's happening for me is I think about like my mentors and one of them who passed away. He used to always tell me, he said, John, you know, if you make one impact a day, by the time you look back on your life, you're going to have so many supporters of John Haddad. And that to me has been sticking in my head constantly because it is tougher right now. But I have to be stronger because if there's people following me, I need to lead them and I need to lead them towards greatness. And how can I lead them towards greatness if I'm not making those actions to be great every day? And so for me, what I keep telling myself, my motto now, my perspective, this is really how I feel. I'm going to be old one day. God willing, I I get to that place. And everything now, all the drama, all the bullshit that happens is not going to matter. There's only going to be one thing that matters, and I know it. I know it for a fact because I've been reading books on it. I've been studying it. They did a Harvard study on it for 80 years about what makes people happy. And it's at the end of your life when you look back on it. I'm going to have kids one day. I'm going to have grandkids one day, God willing, and a bunch of friends. And when I'm old and can't move as fast as I am and not as energetic, and, but they look at me and my kids and grandkids say, tell me about your life. The beautiful part about me is now, Eric, is I will never have to lie to them about how great my life was because I'm going to take the actions every single day to be that great and that special. And I will not have to look them in the eye and lie to them. And I'm getting emotional thinking about it because that's the truth. I don't have to lie anymore. I that's am powerful. doing what I have to do. It is powerful, but it's perspective. And I tell myself that every day I'm feeling down. That, yes, it sucks right now, but one day, God willing, I'm old. So my actions need to line up with what I want out of this life. Am I perfect? Hell no, I'm not. But I know what I'm pushing towards. And that's what's changed my life is perspective, the people around me, and just understanding that this life is short, and I will be old, but I will not have to lie. And there's people out there that's gonna they are going to have to lie to their kids. They're going to have to look their kids in the eye and tell them that, oh yeah, I was great and they weren't. Oh, I used to wake up early, but they didn't. Oh, I used to give it everything I had, but they didn't. And the I don't have to do stories. it, man. I don't have to do it back in my mm-hmm. day stories. I don't have back in my day stories anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna live this life, man. And that's what changed for me. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. You got me a little emotional. Already. No, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Um, look, and, and that's what this is about, man. You know, People don't understand. It, people have been getting crushed the last year and a half. Like rates are going up. Credit card payments are going up. The debt in this country has skyrocketed for credit cards. It has skyrocketed. You can actually see a trend uh, when the COVID payments were going out. Remember when they were doing like the, the givebacks? Mm-hmm. You actually saw consumer debt at the all-time low because they pay off their credit cards or whatever it is. And then what happens after is they start spending again back on the cards. And you're starting to see now that the rates go up. That's how rates work. When the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, your credit card rates also go up. And now you see consumers spending at an all-time high and consumer debt at an all-time high. I know people are hurting right now. And people are looking for that light, and they're not finding or feeling that light. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we have to start talking to people about is we have to be that beacon of light for them that, look, this is around the corner. We got this, we got this, but you gotta stay focused. Don't give up, don't quit. How are you talking to people about that? How are you talking to agents, your business? How are you keeping your mindset strong about, look, we got six to eight months left of this. How are you keeping that that focus for everybody?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it, and like I've, I've been having a lot of these conversations with our agents too, and like, mind you, like they're, every, everybody's, tend, Q1 tends to be one of your slowest quarters inherently anyways. So it's really early to get overly concerned about your business right now. You know, Q1 is like the trickle of Christmas time, Thanksgiving. Like those are the closings and lead lead gen that are happening right now. A lot of the after the new year, after the new year is what you hear a lot of times at the end of the year. So like, it's not. It's so early to panic right now. But on that same note, I think it's like the biggest thing is going to be a preparing yourself for very modest expectations and the worst and hoping for the best and working and striving for the best. Because there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, I'm going to adjust my finances to where I know I'll be comfortable if I only make 60 k this year instead of 100 I made last year. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's actually been a study, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Gravity Payments, uh, yeah, they yep, company yep, in yeah. Seattle. I think they're in Seattle. Uh, he like, the, pays everybody the salaries. Yeah, the CEO, yeah. like four or five, I mean, it was a while ago now. Um, and it was huge all over the media and everything, because basically there was this study that was done that basically said your happiness level increases very, very marginally after $70,000 a year. And of course this is going to be proportioned. I'm sure to like where you live, if you're in LA, I'm sure it's a little bit higher, but national average wise, your happiness level doesn't really increase that much after $70,000. And I think most people in real estate naturally start to set all their goals predicated on wealth and money and income and all this type of stuff. That's, that's very like, you know, materialistic and when in reality, and I can speak from experience and I'm sure you can agree to agree to this. It's like, I'm no happier now or even in 2021 when I was making more money than I've ever made in my life than I was when I was 23, 24 years old, making, you know, $52,000 in my first job out of college. And the reason for that is because your life's going to adjust no matter what, to whatever you are bringing in from an income perspective. And so the biggest thing in a year like this and just like in a market like this is like stop setting as many income goals and rather start Mm. to set yourself up for the next two, three, four years. Like this is a really small blip on the radar when you look at your career, when you look at your life, this one year, this last two years, whatever you want, however you want to look at it to where if you can start to set yourself up and, and build build up your business for the future when things do break and th- break in the sense of like, open back up and there's more inventory and things are going better again and you're making money again, which will happen. I mean, that's what the real estate market does. It just goes up in reality. you know, There might be some little dips and stuff like that. So just adjust your finances and be really conservative in terms of your spending on things that aren't investment related. And when I say investment, a lot of times I have these conversations with our agents about like marketing spend and Facebook spend and branding spend and stuff like that. They view it as an expense. I'm like, that's not an expense. That's an investment mm-hmm. because that's going to show you a return. An expense is going and buying your $6 Starbucks. That's an expense because there's no actual return on that outside of what you would get from a 50 cent coffee that you make in your espresso you know that's a choice that's an expense an investment is like i'm going to put $1000 a month into my facebook spend or my direct mail spend or whatever it is knowing that if you do that consistently you're going to start to see a return on investment so just re- readjusting your perspective on what you're where you're spending your money and also just being very conscious of how you're spending your money right now because i'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and tell you like oh no things are great like it's right around the corner it's in to start it it might not you know so like you need to be smart about it and just Just understand, too, that like there's goals outside of just the financial goals, as long as you can still support your family, still support yourself. Maybe you're not going on those extra two vacations this year or that extra vacation this year, but if you stay stay with it, there's going to be a lot of real estate agents that are going to fall off in 2023 and get out of the business. And as long as you're one of those that do not in 2024 and 2025 and 2026 and so on, you're going to be one of the 15,000 left out of the 36,000 that exist right now that are gonna be reaping all the benefits of being able to stay strong through this time.
0: So here's what I love about what you said, okay? And this, this goes for, by the way, this is not just real estate specific, this, this what he's talking about right now. You're talking about risk and fear, okay? Risk and fear and investing in yourself, so Jim Rohn is one of like my favorite people ever from like a yeah, motivational story.: Oh, I love him man. He's unbelievable. Like for me, it works. You know everybody's different. Some people love Tony Robbins. Um, there's so many others out there right? I'm a Jim Rohn fan, and one of the things he talks about is, is risk, and so you talk about investing in yourself, and Jim Rohn is all about you know, investing in you. And then any job you have, you'll be great at, but you have to invest in yourself first. So to those agents and anybody out there, entrepreneur wise, what you said is, okay, what's an investment versus what's actually an unnecessary spend. So what I always tell people is this. Okay. So what if I said to you that if you invest $10,000 in yourself, you're going to make $400,000. Would you do it? Yeah, I would do it. Okay. But they're afraid to do it now because it's risky right? You're fearful of it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then you got to go find out. Is it a risk? Yes, it's a risk. Waking up is a risk. Jim Rohn always talks about this. Life is risky. I don't know if you've ever seen that post with Jim Rohn where he's like, it's all risky. Life is risky. Getting out of bed is risky. Going on vacation is risky. Mm. It's all risky. But he said, one day you're going to look back on your life. And do you want to look at that risk and tell yourself, God, I wish I could have done more. And he, he says, he goes, if you think not trying is hard, wait till you or sorry, if you think trying is hard, wait till you get the bill for not trying.
1: Yes, yeah, no one.
0: And and that's the reality of what you're talking about. Is like stop being afraid to take that risk. Stop having that fear. You can't. What's the worst that's gonna happen? John, I'm gonna lose all my money. Okay. Figure it out. That's not the worst thing. There's been millions of people that have lost all their money and bounced back thousands of times. But what are you going to do? Hoard it? And then what? You're old? You're old and like, oh, I could have done more. But like my life turned out, it, it turned out okay. Yeah. Turn. Why Why do you want an okay life? Make it great. But how are you going to make it great, Eric, if you're not investing in yourself? You know your ROI so much. And you used to even, when, when you first started, you would still spend to figure it out. And now look at you, you're an entrepreneur, and I won't put your business out there on how much you spend on your business, but if people understood where it started and where you're at now, like that was a risk you constantly took when you were making nothing and you were like, okay, screw it. Like, let's at least try this. I learned a couple things from my previous work environment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I might as well be a real entrepreneur. Like, how did you get in the mindset to take those risks so early on? Like, even when you first started the Facebook ads and all the other stuff that you did, like, how did you go... Oh, God. All right. I don't know what the ROI is going to be just yet, but I feel like this is going to work. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's I'll I'll use an analogy like relative to the health stuff, like in terms of like working out. Right. The only way your muscles grow is essentially when you fail, in a sense, when you're tearing your muscles and they rebuild and they get bigger and you get stronger. Same thing is for business. Right. Like one commonality that every successful person I've ever met has that I've ever listened to on a podcast, read a book, whatever that may be, is they all fail. And that's what risk inherently is, is like people are afraid to fail. And I think right now with social media and everything like that, failure is so public now, whether you want it to be or not, mm. because nine times out of 10, when somebody starts a business, they're posting about it. Cause they get a lot of gratification out of like all the congratulations and all this stuff. And then they usually stop. Cause like, that's enough. Like they get enough out of that. You never hear anything about that business ever again. Mm. Cause they started it for that post in a way. Um, there's just like a lot of fake entrepreneurs, but like, in the sense of that, it's like, not being afraid to fail and like almost, almost chasing it has always been like my biggest tool and my biggest skill because I I have the highest risk tolerance in the world. Like if you came to me with like this incredible opportunity, I'd be like, yo, let's do it. Like I'll throw my net worth at it, you know, kind of thing. Um, and so like, that's really been like my biggest tool is just like having no fear of failure. And granted, I understand like some people have families, like you have twins on the way. So it's like failure becomes very different. When you have other people relying on you but i have a bunch of people relying on me and i know that like if i fail enough eventually it's going to compound into some big success and the only way you grow you know going back to the working out analogy is like if you do fail like it's the only way you're going to learn that's the only way you're going to evolve that you're going to innovate that you're going to identify better ways to do things you don't just like like thomas edison didn't just like create a freaking light bulb and the first time it worked and like he was just like oh dope i just created like created this you know <laughs> like there was there were so many failures along the way and he didn't give up because he believed in what he was doing so as long as you have like the foundation of like believing in what you're doing and that's that's key like if you start running social media ads and you don't actually believe it's gonna work you're gonna quit 100 i promise you after three months you're gonna be like oh i didn't make any money i'm done but if you know that it's gonna work like i did for eight and a half nine months i didn't get a single lead from it for nine months and like, this is when I was broke. I had in like 2015, 2016, I probably had like 30, 40 K in credit card debt from Facebook ads and like my business and like no money in my bank account. And I was spending, you know, because I knew it was going to work. I had listened to enough people that it worked for. And like, I had enough people around me that were also ambitious and knew, knew those things were going to be the future that I would I just trusted it. So like, you need to trust yourself. You need to trust people that are around you in your corner and in your circle that are, whether they're smarter than you, know more than you about a certain topic or whatever it is, like trust them. Like you need to trust people and then also have like some tolerance for risk of failure because at the end of the day, none of these CEOs and entrepreneurs you see nowadays, like the Mark Zuckerbergs, all these guys, like none of them have gone through life without failing. You may not see them publicly or they don't talk about them, but 99 out of a hundred times, they're probably failing. But that one success is what overshadows all of that. And that's what people talk about they don't talk about mark zuckerberg's failures. They don't talk about, you know, Elon Musk's failures. Like he's failed multiple times. Mm. He got pushed out of PayPal as a CEO. Like he's failed multiple times, but he's still the wealthiest man in the world.
0: You're you're so listen, first two things from that. Number 1, your circle, okay? But before I get into your circle, what you talked about is, you know, the 30-40k in credit card debt. That's the fear piece. And here's what I tell people cuz I've been trying to learn, you know, I was thinking about when I was 18 years old and I was bartending. And it's like, was my mind capable of understanding what I know today? And it wasn't, right? It wasn't. I, I didn't realize that I could do what I'm doing right now at, eight, at 18. No one ever painted that vision for me. Those weren't conversations I was having, you know, with my family. Even I'm first generation. You know, love love my parents to death, but they came from back home. And for them, what was a major win coming to this country? Like my mm-hmm. dad grew up in a mud hut. You know, when he landed in America, he was like, "What? I made. I did it." He, and he did do it. Like his dad, you know, my grandfather, God rest his soul, he passed away before I was born. But my grandfather gave my dad all the money he had. And he said, go to America and figure it out. That's what he told my dad. And my dad was 18. I can't even imagine. You know, me, I was bartending at 18. I'm pouring drinks. I'm having fun, mm-hmm. talk, talking to girls, you know, at the time. Right. Like, I'm having a blast. My dad was given money by my, by my grandfather and said, come to America and figure it out. My dad figured it out the best way he could. And that was his brain. You know, that's like the best. He's like, yo, I did it. So it's like people need to understand. They're like, well, John, how do I break that? How do I get to the next level? You need to set realistic goals to your point. Not, okay, I'm going to make $100,000. And then if you don't make $100,000, now what? It's a failure. No, no, no. Change your perspective. Okay, I'm going to post. I want to get five likes on your post. Okay, that's attainable. Now you get five likes. Now the gratification. Now your mind is telling you, okay, you're capable of getting five likes. I Now I want to get 10 likes. Now you're capable of getting 10 likes. Now how do I get to 15, 50, 100, 2,000, 3,000, 4? You have to start teaching your brain to build slowly on top of it. Your brain is, that's how it works. Your brain doesn't, doesn't just figure it out right away. Well, there's some savants out there in this world that do. But for the most part, because people always say, well, what if I don't know what to do? Yes, you do. You know how to set small goals. Don't be dumb. You can find the information anywhere. You want to be a social media influencer? Go to ChatGPT. Okay, type in. What are the steps to be a social media influencer? Go to Google for all I care. The info is out there. But people want to skip the hard part and they want to jump to Mark Zuckerberg status. You don't get to do that. That's not how life works. Oh, look at Eric Wright, all the business he brings in. You don't get to skip the line. Eric didn't skip no line. And the the best part is with you, you're teaching them how to even skip the line. You're like, okay, well, for me, it took me seven years, let's just say. Mm-hmm. I'll help you do it in four. Right. But then after two months, they're like, ah, it's not working. I said, I'll help you do it in four, not in two months. I said, four years, not two months. Why are you upset? Why are you looking at me funny? I said, That's going to take time. Don't skip the line. So stop skipping the line out there, please. Stop it. Set attainable goals for yourself to help your brain out. I promise you it works more than anything else I've ever done. And the second piece, your circle. Your circle, your circle. I'm going to tell a quick story and then ask you a question, okay? So when I was 25, 26 years old, I I worked, you know, my previous employer. I was very fortunate. I've been on uh, roughly 12 private jets. None of these jets were, were mine, okay? God willing, one day they, they will be, you know, mine I one so. day. I, me, me and you both, right? <laughs> so. um, God willing. It is a goal that I'd love to have. But I, I remember being invited and on these private jets. And this one particular time, uh, we had a three-hour flight, and I got a phone call, and we were going to Texas. And uh, I won't mention who was on the flight, but um, I go to the private airport, and it's pretty cool. You just kind of park your car. You get off. You just kind of walk right on. And as we get on there, there are are two billionaires and there are four millionaires on this flight. And me, I was just grateful to be on there. I'm like a fly on the wall. Nothing. Just all I'm going to be is a sponge. And we take off. We're in the air. And I'm just listening to everything. I just want to listen. That's it. No notes. No nothing. Just pure focus. Eric, These conversations with these individuals, do you think there was any negativity in these conversations? Oh, absolutely not. You don't
1: have time to be negative.
0: Because that's not what millionaires and billionaires look for. They don't look for losers to add to their circle. They look for winners to add to their circle. Winners. Our conversations are constantly proactive, right? We've had tough conversations, too. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Our conversations never are. Going backwards. No, because you and I don't have time to do that because we don't care. We've seen that light. And so now we're trying to help others see that light. And so for those out there, ask yourself if you want that money, if you want to make it in this world, go look at millionaires and billionaires, study them. You go tell me what they talk about. And if you find them talking about negativity, please send them my way because I'd love to talk to that person. All I've seen in those circles are winners. And that's why it's so important to keep that circle so tight. But you also have to sometimes separate yourself and look at your circle group and go, man, and I'll use the word, I don't care. Are these a bunch of losers? Or are these people winners that are trying to take me to the next level? And if there's losers in your circle, I'm sorry, bring them out. But here's the difference. You can have a circle of winners. They can help bring up a loser, right? They can help bring up a loser. But it can't be reversed. You can't be in a circle of losers, and you're the only winner. You know why? The losers are going to win. They're going to bring you down. It's possible to bring you down. It is. So you can't do that to yourself. And that's the biggest thing that I think people really, really miss out on. So, what do you say to those people that when they they look at you sometimes? And I've seen the I've seen the comments before, and the hate, and people that you know come at you a little bit here and there. Or oh, he doesn't do that. Doesn't do that. How do you kind of just like? Because early on, I feel like you didn't ignore him as much. Where now you're like, I don't got time for this. How have you made that adjustment? Anybody that's being negative on
1: negative in general is typically unhappy with something internally with them. Mm. And so, like, <clears throat> I've like found this like new level of like empathy like for people just in general. Like that's something I think I've always lacked because like from going back to like the, the word perspective where it's like, you know, my middle brother, Brandon, who he'll be 30 this month, he, uh, he's severely cognitively impaired. He's like a one-year-old, he's nonverbal. He's never been able to talk. So he's epileptic, he's had seizures his entire life. And um, so like, I had this perspective of like, why are you complaining? Like, it's not that bad. And i've always been like that and it's it's almost been a level of like no empathy for anybody else with problems but like i need to understand that they have their own perspective too so what's not a problem to me may be a problem to them and so like a way that i've kind of been able to like get over all of this too is like the irony of this this year specific this year and last year is like i finally have time you know and like you you were talking about like study billionaires study these guys learn educate yourself like if you're sitting at home just complaining right now about like, oh, I don't have any business. Like, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go watch an entire season of Netflix in the next 48 hours. Like, like, what are you doing? Like this, this, this year and last year, you could go get four college degrees on YouTube and Google in 24 months. You know, in the sense of like what you're going to educate yourself on what you're going to learn, you could become a savant on social media, you could learn every algorithm, you could learn how to leverage SEO shit, you could learn how to code, like, you've taught yourself essentially how to write code, like, because you've taken the time to to learn. And I think people get this, like, they get, they get intelligence and knowledge mixed up, right? Like intellect is something that's just innate. Like you just, you may, you may have, John Haddad may have a a higher ability to go learn and retain things than the average person, right? That that's intellect. Mm -hmm. That's just something you have inside you. Knowledge is what you know. Like your IQ score isn't showing, your IQ score is showing what you know. It's not showing your intellect. You might be able to go learn all those things like that if you tried and you wanted to. And I think a lot of people underestimate how smart they really are simply because they just don't have a a depth of knowledge because they haven't taken the time to go learn things. Whereas like you can you can figure out what works for other people really easily nowadays on social media, uh, wherever, like on Google. And then if you just take the time, set aside 20 hours a week, it's not fun. Learning isn't fun necessarily. It doesn't have to be, but the outcome of it is. And so like, if you just take 15, 20 hours a week that I know you have right now as a real estate agent, because things are slow, you're going to thank yourself in a year and a half when things blow up. And ideally, and your business and you're super busy, like in 2021, I didn't have time to do anything. You know, I sold 150 homes. Like I didn't have time to eat. I didn't have time to work out. I didn't have time to literally do anything for myself. And like, I'm loving this downtime right now because I can finally take the time to go learn and educate myself and grow to where now I can go relay all this information to our team and like to people around me and help lift other people up because now I'm going to be again, 10 steps ahead of everybody else because I'm taking the time to do it. And I'm not just sitting at home like, Oh, shit. I guess things are slow this year. Like I'll just go, you know, binge eat myself to death and and watch tv every day like i'm not doing that i'm learning i'm educating myself i'm growing i'm trying to find new ways to evolve not for this year necessarily but for three years from now you know jeff bezos said in an earnings report a few years ago favorite thing i've ever i don't listen to a lot of them but like favorite thing i've ever heard in one of these they missed earnings for the first time that quarter i think it was like since they had been a public company or at least like in the last decade or something. And they were like, Jeff, what are you guys going to do to make sure this doesn't happen next quarter? He goes, Oh, that, that was decided three years ago. I don't have Mm -hmm. any control over that. He's like everything we're doing today is for two to three years from now. That's, that's what we're working for right now, because that's how calculated and that's how planned we are. And that's how you should think in everything to a certain extent. Obviously the, the, like living in the now is important, but like when you're building a business, you need to think two, three years ahead. You can't just think for, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Because then something's gonna pivot, like this market shift. And you're going to be like, oh, shit, like I don't have any business coming in. I don't have anything to do because you weren't thinking two, three years from now. You weren't building these contingency plans on how to pivot when things do go bad. And so like that's the biggest thing is just like take this time you have right now to get smarter, like educate yourself, yeah. like learn new things, learn new skills people are going to notice like buyers and sellers, people are like other real estate agents, people are going to take notice of you evolving and you growing. And then naturally those are the people they want to work with. They want to work with people that are growing, that are trying to get better, not the ones that are just sitting back and just like, oh, I'm going to keep doing things the way that I've always been done. And, you know, just hope it works. And if it doesn't, I don't, I don't know, I guess I'll complain about it on social media enough until maybe people start reaching out to me and want to work with me, which that's not how it's going to work. No,
0: that's not how it works. Listen, we're, we're going to, we're going to wrap up here. Um, we're, I can go on for forever. I feel like this conversation's really headed in the right direction here. Um, but I want to get us wrapped up, and I'll, I'll end us with, with this unless you got something else to add to it. But to your point, you know, you know, you know what the, the thing with negativity is, and I've learned this too, and I've been there. you and I have we, we've had our, we've done you we had our shit, you know. Negativity is so easy to do. It's so easy because, like you said, you and I can get negative right now for anything. It doesn't require thought. It does not require much thought to be negative. But you know what does require effort? Learning. Learning. yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Positivity. Learning. Trying to grow. Going to read a book in the morning as opposed to getting in your own head like, oh, what was me? What the hell? I can't wait to get online right now and mess people up. Like That's such an easy thing to do because it requires no effort. But actually sitting there, waking up, going to the gym, for example, that's hard. It's exhausting. You think I want to go every morning at four? No, I no. Nope. Hell no. Exactly. It hurts. I'm getting older. My joints start to hurt. But guess what? When I'm posting this stuff now, here's what's been crazy. I've been posting about just positive. It's all I've been focusing on. The amount of business I've brought in from new agents, specifically new agents, I talked to you about this, has been absurd. And it's only been fifty days for me getting back into the grind of like mortgages but it's all been brand new agents connecting and all they're seeing is I love what you're doing online and I just wanna be part of it. And I talked to your group recently and I said the same thing. I'm looking to work with people that wanna be held accountable. And if that's not you, I'm not the right fit for you. And it's crazy because it's changing people's mindset simply by me leading the way. And that's what I would challenge all of you to do. Try being positive for 30 days. I'm talking anytime you have a negative thought, pinch yourself, shock yourself, shock. I don't care how you do it, but try for 30 days. And you tell me if you don't make more connections and more people don't gravitate towards you, I would be shocked. And I'd love for you to tell me about how it didn't work for you because I find that very hard to believe.
1: Yeah. Get outside in the sun more, go for more walks. Yes. Really go for help. Hey,
0: that's, that's the message this Sears. go for more walks, go have mm. some fun, smile a little bit. Listen, Eric, Thank you very much as Thank always you for man. Yeah, I appreciate you more than you know. This is another episode of the Early Birds podcast and like Eric said, go out for more walks, enjoy the sun. Take care.